Hey everyone, Cole here. Uh, just before we begin, I would like to warn everyone, if they didn't see the timer, that this is a two-hour episode. Uh, though, though we do have a bit of a break somewhere around the hour mark. Uh, totally understand uh, if we drown on a little bit. Uh, but this episode, we're talking about our collective experience uh, as as players who've encountered each other over spell table, how we reached out and kind of made our own little community. Um, so how about we start the episode? Okay, well, I'll just start recording and then I'll do my typical editing afterward. Okay. Uh, but everyone is good to go? Yeah, you're, you're not going to listen to the intro music or anything like that? <laughs> we get to hear it? Uh, I could send you the file. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Commander Podcast. I'm your host, Cole, also known as Eclipse Meteor. And today, I'm joined not just by a single co-host, I'm joined by three other co-hosts. Uh, previous guests on the show, I got Phil, a.k.a. Junehawk. June, uh, How's it going? I was going to call you June. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Uh, other guests of the show, we got we got Josh, who had recently came on to talk about Valduke. How's it going? And finally, to to finish our Magic Musketeers group, we got Brian. Howdy. Glad you can finally join us. Um, so this episode is going to be a little bit different because it's sort of a year in reflection of playing Magic in quarantine, uh, being able to play Magic on Spell Table, and sort of uh, kind of having a bit of a reassessment of how we play Magic, uh, participating in streams among friends and uh, kind of getting the drive to be content uh, a content creator on my end and kind of cultivating um a kind of kind of cultivating an audience and a community uh not just amongst ourselves but amongst a lot of people around the world across the country um so yeah um just kind of to start it all off uh phil how about you kind of give everyone a bit of a story time of kind of how we all kind of got in touch with each other? Uh, yeah. Um, so around uh, August, September of last year, um, I'd come across Spell Table, and um, me and Bryant had been really wanting to play Magic, and so and of course you know it's the pandemic we couldn't play in person, uh, so. I threw spell table at him and said, what do you think of this? We can, you know, get all of our friends together, play online through webcam. And he was all for it. And then so I was like, cool. So let's just get this started. Unfortunately, um, two of the uh, two of our, uh, our other friends couldn't play. So I, being a very uh, socially anxious and awkward person i went out a bit out of my comfort zone and i got on the spell table discord as well as tumblr and instagram and i just let the message out and i said hey trying to get a group together to play some magic on spell table um if anyone would like to play or if anyone would like to watch i will be streaming this and 
uh, towards, uh, to my surprise, you know, I had a few people reach out to me, one being Cole and the other being Josh. And we played a few games uh, during the start of that, and then it just became a more frequent thing. And I think that was a, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool happening. And uh, I'm happy that it happened because everyone's pretty rad. I mean, I'm ha- I'm personally really happy it happened because uh, a lot of my friends locally, like, some were pretty antsy about even getting online on webcam to play. And some were pretty like, oh, yeah, sure, like, I'll play no problem. Um, but there wasn't really ever, like, a set schedule with people. Um, and, and, you know, people people have different kind of lifestyles and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I got to play less with people I knew locally uh, in my city. Um, and there were people that I haven't played, I haven't played magic and I haven't seen, uh, in over a year. Um, but when you reached out and I saw your post on Tumblr and I was like, huh, like I haven't, I don't think I played on stream, like magic on stream before. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know what to expect. I avoided, um, I avoided the play EDH discord, like the plague. (laughs) because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh there was just something about that that was kind of it didn't it rubbed me the wrong way and i wasn't sure if i wanted to join it but i was like well if this dude's just streaming and like he doesn't have too many followers but like he's he's got a few people signed up already so like that seems like a pretty good entry point where i don't have to i don't have to worry about a hundred people or 200 people barraging messaging boards it, it was just like i think it's just 10 maybe eight people i think when we started um, Probably even lower than that. Yeah. Um, and then just, uh, you know, like you were saying, like, we sat down a few more times, like, week after week after week. And um, and just before we started recording, uh, we were like, how long has it been? And as it turns out, it's been pretty much like a year, uh, which is pretty sweet to think about. Um, and, and now, like, I'm like, God damn it, Brian. <laughs> get on chat play magic with us you're like nah man life <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of uh kind of taking over for now uh for a bit I'd, I'd like to at some point start getting back into it and playing it but from now I'm just taking a short hiatus till things can kind of come back into control and i mean i think in 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 josh's case like i'm not i'm not sure what your experience inside of things has been but like you've um, I find that like as equally as everyone else is bringing like interesting decks to the table, like you you bring even more interesting decks that have they just have you just have some very interesting picks that make not only like really strong and fun decks, but uh, they they stand out even more than like what what like what I would bring to the table, and I, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but you know, I think I I make some pretty decent decks. <laughs> So, Hello. Uh, yeah, th- th- thank you for that. Uh, I, you know, I, I like uh, playing Magic, and uh, Kitchen Table is, of course, where I started, just like uh, I suppose a lot of other people. And, uh, you know, throughout that experience, it was just try to make a deck that seemed interesting or cool or flavorful, and I think that that kind of just bled over into my experience when I started playing Commander. And, yeah, it's just, I. 
I found that I, I've gotten in touch with a lot of people because of the pandemic and um, like now more than ever, I have possibly too many people to play magic with on any given day. Um, but when it comes to you guys, it feel, it always feels um, like, it just feels like another play group that I want to sit down and play magic with. And it feels, it feels always consistent. Like we play off, I think we play off each other pretty well. Like we like joking around and we like goofing around and, and having a good time. And then we're always like, you know, I played this deck before, um, but I tweaked it a little bit and I want to see how it goes. We're like, heck yeah, let's, let's sit down on Phil stream and, and have a game. Yeah. I think the, the, some, the, the one thing that a lot of play groups sometimes struggle with is just like, you know, the, it's always the ongoing issue of like the power level. It's, Especially whenever you jump in with, with, with a new playgroup, you know, you're trying to figure out each other. Uh, I think after a couple of rounds with us, we kind of quickly caught on to where it was kind of like, I think we all have the same understanding of where we, the kind of play experience that we want to have, right? It's like, yeah, we do have some powerful cards, but they're not going to doing super busted things. They're just doing other crazy shenanigans that we just think are cool, and we just want to pull off, and that's pretty much it. It's not going to be like a game ender or finish or anything like that it's just a pretty pretty fun play to see uh and i i think from that it has helped shape the way that i've built my decks because there were times that were just pretty obvious broken combos or just really strong cards i'm like well this card's good and it goes really well with my deck so i'm just gonna throw it in there because edh rec has like a 90 percent inclusion rate in it right and then uh as you kind of start building your deck more especially with the play group that you know, having you guys i kind of started thinking more about like well you know that's a pretty obvious pick i was like but there's maybe there's some other good choices out there that i can make or i just end up changing my deck entirely which has happened with i think all of my decks since i've started playing like i like kind of just going off all this like having being able to play with you guys pretty much every week or every two weeks or you know whatever whatever work schedules uh like helped me or hindered me or whatever but I, i'm like all right hey this new set came out like there's some new cards around in circulation i might want to tweak a few things but i also want to like make a new deck and and show up uh you know if i was off for two weeks and i couldn't play i'd come you know i'd come in after two weeks and be like hey guys i got this new deck that i want to show off and like most of the time i've just all i heard was like oh man that's like really cool and that and that was like okay well then that just means that i'm i'm making a fun deck that people enjoy playing against and you know maybe we kind of express some frustrations every once in a while i've been like ah man your deck's really good shit <laughs> and then sometimes it's like oh well my deck freaking blows right now uh don't mind me just having a bad time over here i'll eventually figure it out um and it never, even in those moments, it would never felt so bad that I didn't want to come back the next week or I didn't want to try again for the following round. Like, I'll tag out if someone else wants to play, but like in general, like I'll, I'll come back in and do it again because uh, one, one slightly bad moment with you guys never really felt like it was too much of a problem. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm... like. Oh, go ahead, John. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, I, I completely agree with that, too. Um, 
you know, I, I, I definitely think that our, our own uh, meta that we've developed around, uh, you know, uh, the decks that we would normally play uh, from a week to week uh, basis are balanced enough that uh, it allows us to have just, you know, fun first and foremost, which is, is really cool. And uh, uh, even with those decks that have popped off, sometimes it's never been uh, to the detriment of, of that, you know, Spirit of Commander just having fun such... Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's been some decks that you guys have played that have been really interesting uh, that I think have also shaped the way that we've uh, played the meta. Like, I remember that when, when I start, started playing consistently with you all, uh, Cole, your uh, Subira deck was pretty cool. I really liked that one. It was always something that I was kind of scared to be on the receiving end of. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, uh, lately, uh, you know, the... CG deck that uh, Bryant has was always really scary because uh, you never knew when the activated ability was coming. <laughs> True. Uh, and then, uh, Phil, I gotta say that your net deck is probably my favorite thing that I've seen you uh, pilot. I really Oh, really that thing? It. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. How it... that pops up. And the, uh, what is it, the um, Psychic Battle? Yes, I can. I mean, yes, yeah. So that's, a, that's always welcome, fun <laughs> yeah. and chaotic, but not yeah. in a game-breaking way. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's like this is the thing that I've realized. Like as, uh, like coming out of like two pretty, like I'd say pretty tuned and optimized playgroups of people that have sort of had a bit of like a, uh, like an arms race. Um, being able to sit down with you guys and be like, these guys are doing pretty interesting things and they're pretty strong, but they're not backbreaking and I don't feel like I'm objectively uh, in a bad position. Like, yeah, like you guys pilot some pretty, like, pretty finely tuned decks or even just ones that you threw together. You're like, I don't know, I thought this was pretty interesting and we'd have a lot of fun with it. Um, But we all sort of have similar experiences with Magic we all sort of have a bit of an expectation and like, well, Hey, we're kind of in a webcam environment too, where, well, I can't just completely play, uh, heavy control magic where I take all your permanence and all this other stuff. So being able to sort of reassess, uh, what we want to bring to the table and then being inspired, uh, by everyone else. Like the the fact i'd say the fact that like brian and i were both like man we're both making carter but we're all both kind of doing our own thing and not at the same time <laughs> it's like yeah this is the kind of this is the kind of people i want to sit down at the table with and have fun with and then maybe kind of piggyback and like copy what these guys are doing cuz like you guys make some pretty cool stuff yeah I mean, yeah. like, in, in, in Brian's case, it's like, all right, so I'm playing Brian Stoutarm, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Oh, gosh, Brian Stoutarm is... <laughs> Dude, I love that deck, man. I have spent so many hours, like, researching cards, and, and it, there's so many obvious ones where it's like, it gets really, really big, and you just fling it at somebody. You can, like, almost kill somebody as soon as one of those really big creatures comes out and you gain a ton of life. Okay, that's pretty neat. It's like, but what if you could do some other stupid shenanigans that people don't expect? And it just keeps it interesting, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, with, with some of the decks that I've built, it's always... I've 
it it uh, it it's kind of goes like in the the general route where it's like consults the gods of EDH rec, see what's out there, and then build it. And then so it's like, okay, that's that's pretty streamlined. That's pretty cool. Let me start changing some things out, and then eventually it goes through like some different iterations. But especially whenever I was playing with y'all, I went through even more iterations. Not because, um, uh, not because like I felt that. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? That you were uh, losing, or like you? What's... Yeah, it wasn't so much. It wasn't so much that I was I was losing. I was just like I just wanted to make it a little bit more interesting. Oh, at least at least wanted to have an impact in the game. Uh, so that's why I was like, well, let me play something that's a little bit more interesting and more fun, and and throw some of those cards around. So usually, whenever I if I played the same deck back to back, it was mainly because it's like, well, I got a new chunk of cards I want to try out, and I want to see how well this works. You know? Yeah. I so. Now, now that now that we're kind of talking about like a bit of our history, like now let's take into consideration that we started playing around this time last year, give or take, and mm -hmm. we were in between a core set and then uh, in a few months Zendikar Rising was coming out, uh, followed by Commander Legends, uh, b you know before the start of the new year, and and then of course now we're we're in uh, early spoiler season for Innistrad uh, Midnight Hunt, and it's just like, holy smokes! Like we've we've gone through quite a few sets, and we've like played quite a, like a lot of cards, um, with all these new sets that have come out, um, and it being able to be like, oh hey, like Phil's going on stream on Friday, like. The new set come out. Are, are are we playing new cards? What's going on? Right? Like, what are people? How are people feeling? Like, we. I think we kind of checked in with each other and we're like, "Hey, what's the new thing that's caught your eye? What are we playing this week?" Um, at the same time, it's just like, "Holy smokes! How much stuff's coming on Commander Legends?" Like, whoo! It's been it's been crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, for unfortunately, you know, while we were like just getting bombarded with those sets i was out of a job so i couldn't uh purchase anything at the time so <clears throat> what i was uh, worried about you know on stream was like you know are my old are my old decks going to keep up with these new cards and then i was just uh after like one game you know i, I was just kind of like, well let's you know I'll just play with what I got, and then eventually later, I'll I'll just get new cards down the line because they're always going to be there, and whether the price goes up or down, in my favor or not, you know, if and if I need the card, I'll just get it later. I was I'm not in any rush. Um, it is fun to like you know see the spoilers and all the new cards coming out, and <clears throat> but. Um, now, you know, um, really looking forward to the new sets in the future. Uh, see what I can get my hands on now. But, um, yeah, uh, I feel like the playgroup, um, doesn't really, I feel like, you know, you know, it doesn't really revolve around us, you know, like, what's, what's new, What's basically. the new hotness? 
Yeah, we're just, you know, oh, I'm going to make this this deck, you know, and it can be an old commander or one of the new ones. And it's like, all right, you know, you know, can't wait to see you play it on stream and see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty much like that. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool seeing like whenever y'all play new cards too because I, I I I say I only have nine decks, which is I mean that's that's still a lot of decks. That's still a lot of decks. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I started off I think before the pandemic with maybe about three or four or something like that. So I've built like five since we've been stuck at home, and uh, and it's been it's been wild because I've been buying a bunch of cards and. And the the thing with my decks, the way that I normally build them, is that like I'll want to build it as optimally as I can, but with whatever jank idea that I have to make that work, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see whenever I play with y'all, because it's like, oh, that's a pretty neat new card. That's probably I'll never get to play it because I'm spending so much damn money trying to still fix this other deck that I'm <laughs> I'm building. FYI, do not go look through your past history on what you've worn on TCG <laughs> player. It's, oh. it's, it's, it will hurt really uh, bad. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've bought more cards in the last year for Magic than I have, like, pre-pandemic -pre for sure. And, um... My girlfriend will attest to this, and I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, I've been buying Magic cards pretty much every week, and uh, the it's been adding up, dude. I know, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I, remember, I, I remember I I think a few months ago or so, I went back from like right around the time that uh, we started playing, and I was like, uh, let me see how much I've spent, and I was like, oh no, let me... Let me stop i don't want to keep adding this up this, this looks pretty bad josh you were gonna say yeah. oh no i was gonna say i agree with you uh nothing nothing has weighed more on my wallet personally than uh than cardboard this past year mm -hmm. it is it has been fun but uh you know uh, phil's right sometimes uh uh you gotta you know just uh work off of uh something that you have take uh, a break yeah, yeah, take a break. Older decks are are, uh, I think, just as fun to play. I have some that I built in my uh, early days of Commander that I still enjoy a lot. Uh, yeah, and, you know, then I've upgraded here and there with uh, some new cards that have come out uh, since then, but uh, not where I've like restructured or taken the deck apart to build around uh, some new uh, mechanic or uh, you know Commander that supplanted a previous version of, of uh, that Commander. Um, but otherwise, uh, also some, some of the best decks I think that I've had the most fun with were just built from my, uh, bulk collection, just on the months that I, on my short months, as I would say, uh, where I didn't get a full paycheck. I just went through my, uh, my bulk collection and built, uh, some of the decks that I, I really enjoyed today. Like, um, uh, Valduk was one of them. Uh, I built them in the summer of last year when I didn't really have a whole lot else to do. So... And I mean that, and and like and that's the other thing too is that I think I don't know how many times I've ended up uh, sitting down and being like, I need to build a deck just to kind of change things up, <clears throat> but like, do I really need to go out and buy anything? And you know, maybe a new legend came out or whatever, um, but like uh, some of these new legends have been like, depending on their rarity, are they part of a certain set? Uh, so on and so forth that like it's easy to go down to the store and like 
buy one of them for like less than two dollars and then i come back home and i'm able to build the rest of the deck just like out of what i got in my collection um and and i think part so like part of that has been um not looking at the commander sets that have been coming out like month after month after month uh not looking at some of like the crazy bonkers mythics that have been coming out you know the title of my my podcast you know looking at the lower rarity legends that do interesting things but don't do anything super crazy and they're not worth a whole lot if i don't if i if i'm not gonna buy a pack and pot and, and like pay four or five bucks for it i gotta pay 25 50 cents for this uncommon that still brings a lot to the table it's just i'm not breaking my wallet or breaking my bank trying to get my hands on it um and i don't know i, f- I found that's been the best uh the most more more challenging for deck building but also more rewarding because everyone sits down at the table and they're like, oh, hey, that's cool. Let's see what that how that works. So, yeah, and I really like the way that it's gone with Uncommon Commanders lately because, I mean, they've had some pretty interesting uh, uh, mechanics. Like Carter, for me, it screamed out because the very first deck that I ever built was Aristocrats. I mean, before the name, it was back in Guild Pack. So... Uh, before Aristocrats was even a name. So I've been playing it forever. I mean, every deck that I built, there's always some level of sacrificing a creature for, for some kind of gain. So whenever I saw that, I was like, oh, he's pretty neat. And uh, so I like I had to get it. And like just like you said, it's pretty cheap to pick up. A lot of the other cards you can throw in there too are pretty cheap also. And then, well, then my, my usual tendencies kick in. And I'm like, well, what if I take this note step further? You know, I started adding all this other crazy stuff. So I usually, there's a lot of uh, stages of refinement that it goes through. But yeah, it, having the uncommon commander, those kind of cards that have come out, they've they kind of apply the uh, deck building restrictions that I kind of already put on myself anyway. So it kind of makes it a little bit easier sometimes whenever you build those kind of decks. I think it's. Um... I think it's a testament to the format growing the way it has. And then the designers at, at, at Wizards of the Coast um, and part of like R&D and all that, like they sit down and really consider of like, well, Commander's really popular, but also how do we add, um, how do we add complexity to the set? How do we add lore and flavor, but also give people... Like give the average Joe with his deck chaff a chance of of having something that catches his eye, or sorry, I, not just he. That my bad. Like like any, anyone who gets to sit down and play Magic, regardless of gender, being able to be like, I saw this card that uh, like I opened some garbage rare mythic that does nothing, but I opened this uncommon that like. They're in colors I like. It does something interesting. I want to sit down and play that. Like, that. that's basically been the last, I want to say, overall two or three years. Like, just, it's it's gotten better and more refined. And actually, uh, speaking of that, I, I had a similar experience to that right before the pandemic started. Uh, when Theros Beyond Death was coming out, uh, my friends and I from here... Uh, in in my little town, 
went into the city to uh, try to do a, uh, a draft, but we didn't make it in time. Uh, so what we ended up doing is we ended up buying some, you know, uh, leftover Dominaria packs that, that the store had, and one of the cards that I opened up was, uh, um, sorry, was Adelie's, which uh, is a fantastic uh, uncommon commander that I actually built as the first commander deck during the pandemic. So when, after, you know, we had been, uh, I guess, in in uh, lockdown for about a month or two, I sat down and I put that deck together uh, because I always wanted a wizard deck and uh, I had never had a red-blue deck, so that was the start of something that uh, Phil mentioned in the episode that you recorded with him, where I wanted to try to diversify the types of uh, decks that I made and uh, try to do something with each color combination if possible. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, okay. So, just just for kind of context, because I I was thinking of like, okay, so we've been playing since such and such, right? So I just did a quick Scryfall search of the sets that have come and gone since not only we started playing, um, and and even some some a set that Bryant really hasn't even seen himself. There's been twenty for for this context at least twenty eight uncommon legendary creatures have been printed since um oh wait I forgot about Commander Legends that's my bad there's probably there's way more than that let's go back so not counting Commander Legends which by itself is an absolutely freaking bonkers set like it brought so much to the table um but every every set had like there's always been one five or ten of them to add add like uh like draft archetypes to to the set to add more flavor to the set and kind of give like hey this is the set pieces that we're using to for you to see the world through um and some of them were just like really cool throwbacks to like previous uh previous lore and all this other stuff um so let's so no sorry there's 72 uncommon legends that have been printed since we started playing and each of them have some of them have partner um some of them do like interesting mechanical things that only apply to the set that they came out in um and each of the like i don't know just each of them brings something interesting to the table that if you opened a pack uh of let's say commander legends or whatever and you open two partners you're like yeah those two seem pretty neat i'd throw those two together or you your favorite uh D character was printed as an uncommon legend you're like oh i love this person like i i want to make a deck out of it and, and you look at um strixhaven which had only five creatures because it was an enemy colored focus set and and we we sat down and played an absolutely insane game of uh <laughs> of each each person pick a school we'll leave one out and we'll have a four uh four-way uh sealed event by ourselves which i had fun with it it was pretty interesting yeah that was super yeah. fun i i like that a lot yeah and it's like everyone's like i'm and and each and that was when like sort of the color combinations have been kind of shook up a bit for like sure okay maybe um Nope, here I go. I don't know. Um, 
what was the blue green school? It was Quandrix. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, Quandrix. So so Quandrix on paper is pretty um it feels kind of samey to the typical Simic color pie, but it adds this kind of like interesting numerical um like number value focus, which like actually like it, it, it even bled over into the commander set and it um like you, you get cards like Ruxa as as a commander, you're like, yeah, I want to play this teacher <clears throat> bear that turns my Runeclaw bears into like basically unblockable and and pumped up. Like that's that's super sweet. And uh, I don't know, Strix like Strixhaven in general. Like uh, I feel out of all the all the all the stuff that has been printed this last year, that kind of really either pushes the color pie. Or color combinations in different directions really gives those color combinations like really cool utility pieces like Strixhaven was definitely where I felt uh, I personally had the most fun I made more decks with uh, with components from that set and um, definitely gets me excited for what we're seeing in the future especially for like Boros or Lorehold color combination like I am so looking forward to seeing how much better Boros is going to get because it's they finally, I think enough people have complained about it, you know. <laughs> but, and it's like, seriously, I mean, they, I mean, with all the red support that's that's come out in the past, you know, with all the impulse draw and, and just overall red getting better, and they're still trying to figure out what to do with but white. What about white, and, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, not Smothering cool. Pie was a pretty good addition, and they tried to kind of mimic that again with, uh, uh, what was that other tithe that came out? Um... Mm. Well, this happens it's every white, episode. White, white enchantment, first, uh, three was mana. First, second, <clears throat> second anyone, spell anyone else cast, draw a card. Oh, or something. Uh, I can't yeah. what's called. They're like throwing up like jewels or coins oh, or something it, like that. That <laughs> seems to be a constant now of just rando dudes being like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how how that's coming up. What I'm looking forward the most of all time. Is a partnered brothers Yamazaki. That's that's all I want to yeah, see. Yeah, if, if that comes out, I'm building. I don't care. I don't care what my my life circumstances are. I am building that. <laughs> so well, I think that even the uh, the brothers Yamazaki deck that Phil used uh, that one stream that we did a few months ago uh, was pretty awesome. I really liked uh, the way that that deck operated. Okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Story time. All right. So uh, Brian, you know this story. You were there. I, I might. You might have been. So, <laughs> so yeah. I think you started at first. You're like, build Brothers Yamazaki, and you threw money at Phil. <laughs> you're like, I did. do it, build it, I don't care. Because like, I remember you were like, oh man, I want to build like a mono red deck, and I don't really do mono red, and I'm going to build Fumiko. And you're like, hmm, it's not quite, I don't know. And then Bryant's like having a few drinks, and he's just like, dude, fucking... Quit playing this shit video game and build a deck right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you, I think you, you threw him twenty five bucks. And I'm like, all right, here I go. And I gave you twenty, gave him twenty five bucks. And I'm like, all right, do it right now. Yeah. And Which, you know, and, and like Canadian to you is just about five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh, the exchange rate is crazy and it hurt, but it was worth it. <laughs> It's still on my stream channel. It's like fifteen dollars yeah. and fifty well, well, cents. Well, no, that was. I think I was just throwing you money. You money when, but it, so, 
so what ended up happening was because we're like, all right, like brother rule zero. If you play two brothers Yamazaki, you should by rights just be able to do it by default. I don't know why anyone would argue it. And unfortunately, they're not very good. Um, but I was like, all right, so let's, and, and if anything, it's even gotten more crazy if you were able to play Sakashima, but, um, putting like a helm of the host on a brother's Yamazaki and then just kind of sitting back and being like, all right, so I have like 10 brothers Yamazaki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that was a fun, that's, that's like a fun moment where we're like, yeah, this seems like a good monetary investment for you to just like make this like really jank, really fun Brothers Yamazaki deck. And if they do, I don't know if they would do it, like do another Commander Legends 2 and just drop it on us. And they're like, surprise, here's uh, partners with Mardu Brothers Yamazaki or something. Uh... I think I don't know. I think with samurai. Yes, <laughs> they should. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. Yeah, I hear that Watsi. You hear that Watsi? Give us our samurai, more samurai. I was so <laughs> listening. Okay, hold on. So there was that green frog that was printed. That was a samurai. <laughs> I do. I got so excited when I saw that because <laughs> I was like, like, "It's this, it's this might be a precursor. Guys. We don't know. Yeah. You know, oh, it's like oh, a man. <laughs> just a sneak peek. Samurais are coming back. Well. Not that it's official, and maybe, you know, throwing out guesswork and uh, just theories is not good, but I heard that we might be going back to Kamigawa. That is such a troll. Do not do that to me. That is... Dude, I... Oh, man. So, that would be so cool. So, uh, people eyeball uh, copyright being purchased, and Wizards purchased Kaldheim, uh... I believe sometime last year or the year before, uh, while they were still in development. So, Kamigawa Neon was purchased uh, within the last three to six months. So, mm. so maybe, just maybe, we might be going to cyberpunk Kamigawa. To the Ooh. potentially worst set or whatever, and then you look at every single EDH rec deck list, they've all got Kamigawa lands or legendaries, or what it's like, oh, really? This is the crappiest set, and but everyone is running some Everyone's kind of a Kamigawa card. Yeah, you're kidding me, man. <laughs> but and, hey. then, and then what happened whenever they went back to ninjas, right? Yeah, freaking Yuriko is like one of the most popular decks oh, on EDH rec. Dude, yeah. it's, it's like so you're telling me really if you if you don't go back, this is gonna be one of the crappiest. Dude, people love that set. I mean, I mean for just like the flavor, not maybe it's like mechanically at that time it I, probably did. If suck. anything, I've I've noticed some people just end up playing more Kamigawa cards like arbitrarily in the last few months because everyone's like everyone at least the people I played with personally like they've. They're like, oh, I don't care. Like, I could go for full optimization, but like, I could also just play one of the, I could play one of the drag, like one of the spirit dragons, just because I can, um, or make uh, brothers Yamazaki deck, <laughs> or you know, like stuff like that, where people just yeah. And there's so many like like Kiki Jiki, right? Such a popular card that came out in in that in that block, and there's just such there's so many cool, really unique. And very useful cards that came out that came out in that set. I mean, that's using Commander. I understand in Standard it was terrible. I mean, it 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 was following up Mirrodin, which was a total mess. Holy the amount shit. of bands and stuff <laughs> that they had at that time. But anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, so many cool 
commander cards have come out that came out during that set. Uh, I mean, look at Sensei's Divining Top, right? Things going mm. for like how, how much? 70-something bucks or whatever? <sighs> Do we really want to know? I guess we could find out. Yeah. I mean, we can. I bought mine uh, when it was like 25. I think I'm... It's like, how, how expensive could this card be? It's an uncommon. It sucks, you know? It's they, uncommon. Not, and, not very good. <laughs> and they even reprinted it, and it's still like, all right, this... Holy shit. It's like 50, 55 bucks American. Yeah, I think I bought it. Oh, so it's actually much. dropped. It's affordable now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... You kind of look... You A lot more people are... Th- think depending on like who you decide to sit down with or like what part of the community that you want to end up uh, being a part of like um everyone's kind of scaling down a bit until people are like hey i want to play like crazy control magic or like i, I want to play cedh or whatever and that's eh, i don't think i'm ready for that commitment yet but uh the trend has yeah. changed <clears throat> mm-hmm um, yeah, I think I think with that too, it's like, because whenever I started playing Commander, I I, it was Prosh because it was a, uh, uh, precon. So I bought Prosh, and then I was like, well, I'm not gonna play Magic anymore, so I'm gonna sell all my stuff, and which I completely regret. But I sold everything but that Prosh deck. I'm gonna just build on it, you know, and put some stuff in there, and then whenever I first started playing with Phil, because he got back into Magic and some of our other friends, I quickly found out that that deck is not fun, like, at all. <laughs> and then I ultimately, I was like, well, let me scale this deck down. And then I build other decks, and then I build them way past the point to where they're not fun anymore. I was like, well, let me scale all those down. So now, at this point, I can't have anything that's even somewhat semi-close to being competitive. It's just like, hey, I get my ass kicked. Well, that's just, that's just what all my decks, that's just how they are. So, I guess my, I got a question for you guys. So, if we take the last year into account and how we play with each other, um, what's the what's the one thing you think you've learned about how you play Magic and how you build decks? Or, I, I guess this could also be like a bit of a self-reflection question of like, who am I? <laughs> As the deep, let's ask the deep questions, boys. Let's. Hmm. Uh. Well, I, I guess with to me, yeah. Uh. I try to make my decks nowadays like as jank as possible. <laughs> um. I start the deck with cards that I have on me, and and then I'll play test it. Um. And then I'll get on EDH rec and I'll say, okay, well, what can I swap out? Um, and then usually I'm not really looking for anything too controlling at all. Um, I'm just looking mainly at like creatures and enchantments that I could just add to the army of creatures of the deck that I'm building or add to the enchantments if it's an enchantment heavy deck or whatsoever whatever whichever way i'm going with that deck um because yeah like like brian said when he had prosh like everyone in our play group like no one could beat him and then sooner 
late like later down the line like it started being more of like competitive like a goal so i would end up buying the more expensive cards making the deck more optimized just to compete with bryant and then bryant would buy more expensive cards and they would just keep going back and forth and then we both pretty much came to the realization that like okay brian's not having fun i'm not having fun our other friends definitely aren't having fun like it's it just got competitive after and then we're so we so we both kind of were just like okay let's let's take two steps back here because no one's having fun it's just it's getting a little too competitive and my wallet's taking a dive here i need to chill out um so let's just so i i was like i'm going back to the drawing board i'm just gonna make my decks jank as possible and more fun just so our play group is having a better time and instead of worrying about winning we're just kicking the shit laughing and having a good time because after after doing that like it just the whole energy the vibe just got so much better after that and i and that now like decks that i make now and future decks that i'll make later on i'm just going mainly for that just nothing too serious uh nothing too controlling um and just jank as possible to where hey i'm just having fun we're all having fun we're all kicking it we're all having a good time and you know hey i died that's cool (laughs) i got to do it i got to do what i got to do um even even not like his shit i'll just we'll shuffle up i'll play it again and i just you know, I'm pretty sure, like, it goes with all of us here, that, you know, like, that vibe is just, the like, more better for everyone, and for me especially. Uh, Josh, Brian, what, what, do you, what are you guys thinking? Brian, do you want to go? Uh, sure, sure. I, I, I do have to say, whenever Phil started buying more expensive cards, I thought, hey, cool, I'm gonna buy some more expensive cards too, so he inadvertently encouraged me to buy more. <laughs> yeah. Take your first card. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, well, hey, cool. Someone else is buying good stuff, too. Well, I'm going I'm to buy some more good stuff. And then uh, shout out to Kylan for still wanting to play with us after all that shit because that was <laughs> terrible for someone yeah. like that to, to go through that experience because uh, the learning experience that I went through of of like building really hyper competitive because in in the past before uh magic i played competitive card games but like other card games like vanguard and pokemon and stuff so like whenever i got back into magic again i kind of had the same mindset it's like well i want it to be good because that's what i know is fun right but then outside of a competitive mindset it's like well i i'm not trying to play to win exactly you know it's more for the play experience um, so yeah, sorry, Kylan, that you had to go through that. But <laughs> since then, yeah, I mean, it's changed a whole lot for me. I mean, my, it's, it's all more about the play experience more as opposed to like 
okay, how good? What's my win rate with this deck or whatever? It's more so of like, hey, can I get it to pop off? Cool. If I don't win, that's fine too. But I want it to do what I'm trying to get it to do. And if I win, that's just like, you know, the cherry on top. And uh, yes, yeah. so uh, in in my experience, uh, <clears throat> I used to play Magic exclusively with uh, some of the guys that uh, that I worked with. Um, you know, I, I work at a, a, a community college, and uh, me and a couple of the other other tutors there would uh, get together at the end of the day sometimes to uh, you know just shoot the shit and play Magic and all that good stuff and. Uh, when I was playing with them, the meta was very casual, you know, you just kind of make the deck out of what you got, especially since a lot of us were just starting out or had a lot of, like, older uh, cards from much older sets than the stuff that was relevant at the time, which I think was uh, Amonkhet and Ixalan around that time. Um, but as, you know, people left, uh, I started going to uh, some of the various LGS uh, LGSs that were at, at in the city, and the first experience that I had with uh, you know with my commander deck outside of my group was uh, not very great. I was playing a kind of stitched together dragon deck uh, that I had uh, you know uh, kind of built out of stuff that was in a bulk box at, at the store. And yeah, no kidding. The first time I sat down, it was against a guy from uh, MTG Goldfish that was playing like a really optimized uh, god deck. Uh, so it was, you know, like all the gods from uh, Theros and uh, and Amonkhet uh, and such at the time. Uh, and I I remember feeling like really bad about it. And uh, after that. Going to play at the OGS, and I, I made some friends there that I that I played with. But there was definitely an element of that kind of arms race mentality, where everybody was playing decks that were at a much different level than what I, as a as a newer player, I was bringing to the table. So I had to kind of uh, learn quick how to. Uh, I guess play more optimally, uh, and my second deck that I built was, you know, Missouri's control deck, uh, heavy stacks. Which, as I played more and more, I I really began to disfavor that strategy. I I really didn't care too much for uh, making other people's play experience uh, slowed down, and so. Uh, with a lot of those decks, you know, it, it was the, the whole idea that I was getting further away from playing what I wanted to play and more towards, like, these are the things that you have to run in order to just be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. And so, stepping away from that and uh, moving into a more casual setting with some of my other friends from here in, here in my little town got into Magic, I started getting back into the more... Uh, you know, casual stuff that I started off with, which is what I enjoy. I really do not like to do something that's too 
high-powered, because I just... I feel that that kind of defeats the purpose of my enjoyment in building the deck. If, if you have to kind of, like, shoehorn in stuff that, uh, that like, EDH rec is telling you is, is optimal for that kind of strategy, or that uh, would be on some list somewhere else. And uh, over the past year, with what we've done, I think that this is the type of magic that I most enjoy. I really, really think that my deck building has come back to the roots of where I started from, which is just find a cool card, uh, think back to other stuff that I've built before. Is there anything that can kind of go with that? Uh, you know, to take some advice from EDH Rex, sure, but nothing you know that's going to like break the bank or that's going to be like, well, yeah, that's that's something that's going to create this unstoppable combo or this really hard to interact with uh, combo that uh, that'll get you the game in a few turns or whatever. Uh, I like to try to uh, to be more imaginative, creative, and build my decks with uh, just you know the the goal of trying to have some fun in the meta that I'm in, and I, I definitely think that uh, our playgroup has a very good meta and a very good mentality about how we play off each other and how we uh, present new decks with, uh, to each other and such. So, yeah, definitely I think that, to, you know, to sum it up, past year I've gotten back to the roots of what why I liked Magic, and... Uh, in Commander, having that multiplayer format has, I think, just been a, a godsend, you know, uh, essentially, uh, to have found such a great group to play amongst. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and, and kind of just to round this off, because, um, so the, when the pandemic started, uh, like, last summer, probably around this time and maybe a month before that, I was still playing in paper. Um, but some people were kind of getting a little antsy and uh, our restrictions started going up of how many people are able to see each other and where you're able to go. And, and the LGSs that we normally frequented were starting to shut down. Um, but I was always kind of in a play group that, like... We played higher power stuff, or at least stuff that was kind of, like, objectively strong. Um, so the adjustment into tabletop wasn't too extreme. But then I also had to think about, now that we were we were playing on webcam, and we were playing from, you know, uh, across the country, uh, like, uh, across the continent, and, you know, every once in a while, like, people across the ocean and all this other stuff, like, there were certain spells and effects that didn't really hold up um and and there's been some supplementary like products people can buy now like uh those erasable tokens and all this other stuff where you're like oh well i could if i'm gonna make a copy of someone else's stuff then sure i can make this this temporary token um but if you're starting to like take control of people's uh start to take control of their creatures permanently uh starting to take control of their enchantments and artifacts uh, certain certain spells and strategies just weren't going to hold up anymore. And of the few decks that I knew that I was running that had those types of effects, that I either like I either actively discarded the card to not play it, um, or I just had to not play the deck 
or remove like those types of spells immediately um and the other thing was that like being able to sit down with you got like with you three but also getting to play with a few other people on phil's discord and then uh eventually playing like over on mtg lexicon uh getting to meet a few other people uh some some friends of the show uh like kelly from over from uh neo royal uh mono white border aka peter coach j row um they they all had their interesting takes of deck building and a general enjoyment of the game that reminded me that I don't just need to cram like 50 staples in a deck and only have like you know uh okay sure there's 50 and you have a commander so that's 51 and then maybe you have like 12 more or 13 more cards uh left in the deck before you get to lands so you're like well then this isn't really this isn't really my deck anymore this is just a an amalgamation of what other people are building um and yeah like uh using edh rec and all these resources has been pretty great uh to get started or at least kind of get an idea of what i'm going to be building but at the same time the more that i've uh like i have become reliant on it the more i've realized that like i'm not having as much fun with my decks um i'm oh my god my cats are fighting behind me <laughs> get out of here <laughs> um but yeah just if the deck, if, if the legendary creature doesn't do interesting things and I can't find ways to do it by myself out of my collection or uh, a scryfall search or something like that, um, it's not worth building. And when I try piloting it, like playing against you guys, uh, you know, I, it's sort of the, is this going to be fun or not? I'm not sure. And usually it ends up, it isn't as fun. And actually being able to sit down and be like, I'm not going to play... I keep mentioning coma. I don't know why, but coma coma's been my example. Um or maybe any of the face commanders from the commander decks the last few sets, like Lathril or um you know, even Prosper from from the recent set. Uh it's easy to choose those c creatures because they're so good, but I want to try and give these other uh, other legends in these sets a chance because I do think that there's some power behind them, but they don't need to they don't need to dominate the second that they enter play. They you just need to work a little uh, a little extra harder to get like the maximum value out of it. And I find that far more rewarding and I'm able to show that off to you guys and anyone who decides to like watch Phil's stream or whatever. Um like the kind of power that these things can bring to the table. It's just yeah, you need to put a a, a bit of elbow grease in it to make it work. Uh, and that I've had a lot of fun uh, because of it. Um, Hell yeah! So uh, how I got? How about we take a quick break? Because um, I still think we got a bit more time to talk about stuff. Um, but how about we take a quick break and we'll come back? Sure. Yeah. That'll work. That sounds good. All right. All right. And we are back. Um, so, oh, I'm like, oh, I got the plan for what we're going to do next. Let's, all right. So we're taking the last year into account and we're considering all the releases that have happened since then. Um, is there a set that you guys have enjoyed the most and one that you would probably put that you'd say that you've enjoyed the least 
And I guess in Brian's case, I you don't have to mention uh, Adventure of the Forgotten Realms because you have no freaking clue. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it looks neat, you know. I but besides that, I don't know what the gameplay is like. So I'm not sure. When we talk about sets, how far back are we going? Well, okay. So if we started playing last August of 2020, and we just came after Core Set 2021, which was actually pretty decent, and I guess maybe I'll include that in there too. So if we're talking about sets, uh, it'd be Core Set 2021, uh, then Zendikar Rising, um, Commander Legends, Call uh, Time, Strixhaven, and Modern Horizons 2. And I guess depending on where we are at individually with Adventure of the Forgotten Realms, you could also include that as well. Um, anyone like to start? I can start because I think I'll probably make this pretty easy. I truthfully don't have like a preference, good or bad, on any of the sets. Uh, more so because I was I'm always just looking for singles, you know, mm -hmm. just on with how to improve my decks. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think I only built one deck per set. Like, as as no, as a result of a set coming out, all of those sets have just helped improve my decks. There's only one deck, and it's a uh, Carter. That was like the only one that. That's I can that's say that. that's the one on the top of my head of like what you've built. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably one of like the funnest decks that I have for me personally, um, but. Besides all the other ones, yeah. So I guess Callheim, just because Carter exists now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't have like a, I guess, any one that I I didn't really enjoy all that much, just because I mean I'm mainly just looking for singles to include in my decks, you know. Cool. Uh, Josh, do you got? What do you got? I'm trying to run down the uh, like the list. What happened this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what, what the hell happened? It's just like, uh, we had all that, uh, and Double Masters, too. I think that, that one came out. Right <gasps> oh, go oh, oh, God, I forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Holy just shit. Just go through your purchase order history through <laughs> and just yeah. see what the most common set was that you bought from. Like, yeah, that one. That that, one. I like that one the most. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> If we're doing it like that, in terms of something that... Uh, I mean, it doesn't that... have to be necessarily what you've personally purchased, but I mean... No, 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 true, but I mean, like, something that that I've uh, taken the most interest in and taken the most uh, inspiration out of, I guess. Um, Strixhaven, I think, would be uh, the one that comes to mind, uh, uh, you know, right away for me anyway, because... Uh, Going back to the little uh, pre-release event that we had, that that was super fun. I really enjoyed that. And then also there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the joy, I think, of just like doing that in camera with uh, you know with like other people and with you guys especially was really really fun. And kind of just like seeing what cards that we could take out of that, uh, throw into into uh, commander decks. Like I. I remember that I was like really excited when I pulled the uh, Tanzer Quandrix. Oh, dude, I... that was so. You were like, "Hey, I pulled like the 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 lead dragon from the set." I'm like, "Hell yeah, dude!" That I I know probably some people probably think it's an objectively boring Simic kind of thing, but it it wasn't one that ramped you. You didn't gain obscene advantage from just basically playing the game. Um, 
and I, it was the it was the promo for the for the box I think. Uh, well, it was the uh, I got it as the like the stamped card when yeah. I opened up my my pre-release yeah. kit. Uh, but what really excited me about it was just the fact that it was a uh, Simic Commander, I guess Quandrix Commander in this case that was outside of like the the norm for what Simic Commanders had been. Uh, and, you know, even like within the past couple of years, uh, because it relied more on uh, combat and plus one plus one counters and uh, kind of manipulating uh, Tanizir's uh, power and toughness, which is what I what I built it around. So that's that's like the one that I was really excited about when I opened it up. But in general, I think that uh, uh, out of all the sets, uh, yeah, I would probably say just strict saving has been. The one that I've had the most uh, fun with over the past year. It, was there any particular set that you would consider for you to be kind of the weakest? The weakest? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I generally tend to not have anything that I like dislike. Dislike, yeah. If you will. Uh, but I will say that the one that I didn't uh, pay the most attention to because I, you know, at the time. It was one of my short months, so I couldn't really uh, uh, get a whole lot of, um, of stuff out of it. Uh, I, I just didn't have the, the capital to do it at the time. Was uh, Zendikar Rising? Uh, I really do enjoy the landfall mechanic, and uh, I really uh, like the uh, the party mechanic. I thought that was going to be something that was really cool, and I wanted to kind of just like build some decks around, even if it were just like uh, you know, like. Not necessarily commander decks, but just like kitchen table stuff. But I just didn't, I, I couldn't get into it at the time because I just didn't have the, the money to do it. Fair. So, uh, I, yeah, as far as like which which one was, uh, at least for me, would be on that, but strictly because I, I just was at a point where I didn't have access to it. Not because I didn't, uh, not because I disliked it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Phil, what do you think? Um, yeah, I would say Strixhaven as well. Um, I really liked the set and a lot of the cards and the Magecraft. The Magecraft is dope. It's freaking bu- so busted. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, I'd like going back on what you said, what you were talking about earlier about Strixhaven, how it was kind of they gave the colors kind of like almost a different kind of ability um and i think i was watching like a video on youtube um but they're they're saying like oh it's you know that's you know the 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 colors are are different names now but it's also coming with like different abilities so they're you're not you're not getting your standard boros you know um flare i guess word you're not getting your, you know, like the game the plan. typical Boros gameplay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Equipment, like, uh, attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, it felt like, you know, like, that's that's good. You know, it, it kind of refreshes everyone's mindset on the colors. and Or it could get them back onto a color that they haven't played in a while. or And also, like, it can bring, it kind of would not necessarily but like it kind of maybe like would even the playing field here for like if new players wanted to get in on it and they're like oh man i don't know what to do you know 
and it's like well, here's Strixhaven. It's got these totally new different rulings or a different standard with the of what these colors usually uh, you, uh, do. And you know, and here I'm I'm learning at the same time just as you. So let's learn together. And, How thematic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> it's all. It's, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! Sorry, I was gonna say if I can interject here, uh, going off of what you were just saying there, uh, like about learning, you know, again, it, it felt very much like, to me at least, uh, it gave me the feeling of how I just had that, uh, like when I first started playing Magic, it was that level of enjoyment because yeah. things were uh, new and fresh and. Different. Yeah, I I, I got to agree with that because. Like being able to sit down with you guys and have that sort of personal four-player pre-release was super fun. Fuck you, Bryant, for choosing <laughs> for choosing the lore hold. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll choose the next best one. Those are my colors. What uh, I'm yeah, do? yeah, no, I, I get it. You fucking took my boy from me, but you know. <laughs> but 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 like objectively, like we're like, the, there's no, um, I, I don't know. Like I find enemy color combinations to be more interesting than the allied color combinations, and I find wedges more interesting than shards. So, when they're like, this is a dedicated um, it's a dedicated enemy color set and, you know, there was some support for a few other things, but uh, they just I don't know, they did, like, they did a lot of cool cycles um, you, we had, you know, we had so many deans that like having double face cards uh, having modal double face cards was also pretty interesting the fact that they kind of retroactively put that in Zendikar uh to kind of have the ability kind of show up like throughout the year um but yeah it's just like Strix Strixhaven is I also say is my favorite set and it's just it added so much uh, that was mechanically interesting. You have this really kind of weird mishmash of like creatures matter, but spells also matter. How do we make that work? And it works for every every co uh, color combination that exists in the set. So you have really cool creatures that do things with spells, and you have really cool spells that do things with creatures. And um, sure, you even have uh, the uh, lesson and learn mechanic which for some people like oh boo I can't tutor a card for my sideboard that you kind of don't you shouldn't really have a commander rules are rule zero uh pending of course but uh I don't know just it it provided a lot of cool stuff uh we had secret rendezvous as like the 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 topic of the set of like this is what white draw spells look like um it's uh, yeah like too many cool things added to it. It really felt refreshing and exciting to play. And and Strixhaven had all of those those uh, very eccentric uh, alternate arts come out in the same set, right? Yeah. Or was that a different? No, no. Set? You're, um, and by eccentric, you mean like the mystical archive? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like. Okay. And that too, right? Like, okay. Well, I guess that's another topic to talk about. But okay, so. Uh, Josh, do you have anything else to finish up with? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm okay on that. Just yeah, and and Phil, you're you're like yeah, Strixhaven, like woo. Yeah, yeah, and and then I was, uh, that was my favorite set. Yeah, and then if I had a second, 
Uh, well, I pick Kaldheim just because it's like fucking Norse mythology. That's yeah. Oh. Cool. I was going to say, from a flavor standpoint, Kaldheim yeah. was the one that I was like most excited for. I would definitely say, if, if we consider winter the sort of cutoff point from the full of 2020 leading uh, and then the start of this year, and we're not even through the full year yet, we still have two Innistrad sets to go through, like, Kaldheim into Strixhaven was just like, bomb after bomb, like, rock, like, rockin' sets, like, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, and then Callheim brought back like the um, snow uh, lands oh, yeah, and snow all that well, stuff. Well, snow, you know. snow stuff, yeah. Yeah, just snow stuff. Period. Uh, by the way, have you guys seen that Ristic Studies video for oh. that came out about Callheim? Uh, oh, yeah. oh shoot! Yeah, uh, it. It's I, really good. Huh? I still need to. It's it's super cool, and he now finished school, so he's going to be doing a that lot dude, more okay. studying. Wrist. Dude, his videos are awesome. Dude, yeah. It's kind of weird to kind of have this random shout-out in the middle of a podcast of a dude who's, like, objectively, <laughs> like, way above what, like, my level of content is, but, like, uh, yeah, that what that guy brings to magic from just content creation and being able to objectively look at what cult like i've seen these videos before the dude's a freaking wizard when it comes to that stuff and now i need to go watch that video finally he is a doctor he has a phd uh this doctor ristic study yeah doctor ristic study will you pay the one uh or you know he hands you the bill and it's uh pay the one sir thank you um but yeah, just like, yeah, like call time into Strixhaven has, like, I haven't had this much fun in Magic, uh, like as an EDH player, someone who kind of looks at standard and, yeah, it's so good. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, and and one thing I do want to add about Strixhaven though is that they were able to introduce things into like different areas of the color pie that normally you wouldn't. You know, because it's like, oh, you know, Boros doesn't do that. But, oh, but, hey, it's not Boros. It's whatever the school's called. Lore. It's that. You know, it's, it's different. You know, it's different yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. It's Lorehold. You know, it's not Boros. It's Lorehold. It's a it's a different kind of thing going on. So that was pretty neat. Um, I mean, they also did include those same kind of powerful things to already powerful color combinations. But, I mean, it kind of... It just it, it just brought new stuff that normally you probably wouldn't see on a traditional yeah. standard set. I don't know. I think I I heard the draft environment was pretty um was kind of rough because you have to do like you could maybe do like weird three colors, but you're you're doing wedges or you're doing um like a dedicated two color deck, and it has to be it has to be one of the schools. Um, so I heard from like a limited standpoint, it was pretty rough gameplay, but from like an objective, uh, tabletop and, um, and, and as commander players, like everything from that set is just a home run and I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus, uh, commander's the most common format now for magic. So who cares about draft? Ah. Who cares about standard? (laughs) (laughs) Don't give. Yeah. Just. Don't buy packs. Buy singles. <laughs> buy singles. Don't buy packs, man. Um, You're not gonna crack it. Just 
You gotta People get over. People have entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone disliked that. Um, so you're gonna get messages, Cole. It's like, can I comment on this podcast? Yeah, can, Wait a second. Who the fuck? Who's <laughs> joining our Discord? What the fuck? That guy's an idiot. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, bring it on, bring it on, folks. I'll fight you. <laughs> um, so I guess, oh man, yeah, Strixhaven, Kaldheim are definitely the peak. I don't. I forgot about Double Masters until you brought it up. And I don't know, that just had a lot of solid reprints, so, like, I don't have anything else, like, bad to say about it. I would just say it's the most, like, forgettable. Um, and, s- and by the way, that's the one that had the full art lands, right? Uh, did? Zendikar had the full art lands. No, no, but, okay, yeah, Zendikar had full art lands, but there's, like, there are, there were full art lands, I think it was Double Masters, that were uh, there was two prints for each uh, land type, and one was the art for the unhinged lands. Okay, so and I'd... then the other art was like the newer, I guess, from Double Masters. I okay, so I just did a quick Google search. There are there isn't. There were the box toppers for that set, which Damn it, then which one I forgot about that, too. Uh... No, actually, Bryant is right. There are some double. I mean, some full art lands for uh, double masters. Are they? Yeah, 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 yeah. One, one yeah. Oh, so wait. each, oh, hold on, hold each on. land, the one art, they each had oh, two shoot, arts. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, one art was from the unhinged or unglued or whatever one. The the super nice the un- lands. Yeah. Oh like. yeah. Yeah. Those ones are beautiful. Yeah. So they they reprinted those, but I mean, not as beautiful as the original unhinged ones. And then another one was the. Uh, it was like another art or whatever i love the shit out of those because i've been wanting full art lands but i didn't fully like the zendikar ones enough and uh whenever those came out they were like 50 cents a quarter yeah. a piece so, or something like that i guess this is the kind of the next topic but i guess kind of to round it off of i guess my worst set was also zendikar rising but like i also don't think i was able to sit down and really kind of look at it all I remember was four color Omnath, and then I was like, "Yeah, but all right." <laughs> oh no! Omnath was a scourge when it uh, first came out. <laughs> and yeah, yes. Omnath decks were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I didn't really like that set either because um, I didn't I felt look at busy. the full set list because, but the ones that I did see, it felt too specific. It also was our I'm first. Like, I'm like Brian. I buy singles, and so I was like, <laughs> I, I, "There's nothing I can pick from to, to like edit my decks." So I was like, "Ah, okay." It was just build more decks. There was a, yeah. there was some <laughs> interesting stuff in there, but I think mechanically there was too much going on in it, and I think that's mm. probably what turned people off. Because like, because uh, because that was the third time we were okay. Like this is now where we're kind of looking back even further we had our third return to Ravnica we had our third return to Zendikar and now we're having our third return to Indistrad and I'm I part of me is really excited to go back and I guess now only now am I feeling the worry of like is this set going to be good but I I mean I I definitely feel you there uh I I didn't get to experience the uh you know the original uh Innistrad or even uh, Shadows or mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same. But uh, I, I understand. You know that uh, return sets can, uh, can be kind of dicey, especially like in the past couple of years. So I know that Theros wasn't a big hit with a lot of people, which uh, is kind of disappointing because like it wasn't that bad actually. Yeah, oh I, God, I it was part of it was part of last year too. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that was at the beginning, right before the uh, the pandemic. It yeah, was, it was and then we went yeah. into uh, into Korea. Do you yeah. guys remember uh, Space mm. Godzilla Death Corona? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Man, mm-hmm. this last year was a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, a lot of stuff going on in that set, and just not a lot kind of made an impact. Which, granted, when you I don't know this yeah, commander whatever. So, speaking of extended art lands and full art lands and all this other stuff, if we're taking into account like maybe even a few months before we started playing with each other and even up till now, there's been an abundance of alternate art printings, uh, retro frames have been recently included, um, Call Time had the really cool sort of Nordic-themed alternate art, uh, Strixhaven had extended borders and, like, really interesting alternate arts for the dragons, uh, different, uh, different lands... Uh, land styles being printed, including uh, the preview that we have for Midnight Hunt. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it has sort of like these uh, colored type of borders for the lands, but the full art has like this sort of black and white nighttime landscape for each. And mm. uh, So if we're talking about these alternate arts, um, do you guys feel as if... Uh, it's been a boon to magic or a detriment. Uh, a boon in like what way? Well, it's like, is it good or is it bad? I wouldn't well, I, say it's bad. I would say that uh, like a lot of the people that I used to play with at uh, my LGS and in the city were really into like you know uh, into the swag, into the uh, oils and alternate arts and such. Uh, I, I personally did get excited for some of the, uh, you know, like the alternate arts that have come in in the last year. Like I, I really enjoyed the Godzilla skins. I thought that that was, mm-hmm. those were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as far as like the full art stuff, you know, I I agree with you 100% cool. The call time, uh, like alternate arts with the, the Nordic theme. Badass. I think those things I, were just objectively the best. Yeah, um, and you know, just on the topic of lands, I I, I really do like the ones from uh, from the new Innistrad sets that are coming out. Those look kind of creepy and cool, and uh, I I'm digging those. So those are pretty cool. And so I, I think that I don't know. I think that for some people, it's just uh, it's incentivized them to obviously like buy more into the game. Um, but sometimes it's also just the excitement of like the the card itself. So like the Godzilla ones, for example. Um, I I know that like uh, uh, my my friend, for example, who wanted to build a commander deck around uh, Ziltro, uh, Ziltros, the I think is how you pronounce it, uh, uh, which is what uh, it's Godzilla King of the Monsters, it's the one. That oh the, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. Had it not been for, and I know that that one didn't get like its own actual like regular card yet, but uh, if it had, I don't think that he would have necessarily gone and built it around that commander uh, because he wasn't necessarily like interested in just the base versions of the card. He really just liked the Godzilla card, and that's what kind of inspired him to go and build the commander deck around it. So 
uh, yeah, I think that sometimes it just, you know, uh, it can just help you with maybe some inspiration for the deck. And I, I think that that ultimately is a good thing. And uh, some of them just do look pretty cool. Uh, my personal favorite has been Morag, Fury of Coom from Zendikar. Uh, speaking of that set again. Uh, oh, yeah, that's th the... Oh man, that it looks so intense with the way like he's standing with like the 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 like red tinted background. Like it's such a <sighs> yeah, it's, it's just a cool uh, card. Also, it's a good representation of how I think uh, the most of us have felt down here during the summer uh, this year. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty damn hot. Oh, oh freaking geez, the heat wave <laughs> man was freaking killer this year up here in in Canada. It was ugh, gross. We had forty. We had forty degrees Celsius, and uh, uh, I don't. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we call that okay. Cold, okay. There, Mister Texas. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys. You guys went through a freaking flash freeze into basically like summer weather, didn't you? Uh, it was actually no, dude. It stayed cold until like really? April. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. So down here, there's like one week of uh, fall and just like one week of spring, and then everything else is just like bitter <laughs> winter or like summer. Ass mm -hmm. We're talking about magic, and then we talk about weather like we're freaking old farts, <laughs> man. It's yeah. Where's my where's my unsweet tea? Yet? <laughs> <laughs> what? What'd you say? I can't. Nah. Um. Did you pay the one? Did you pay the one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Did you pay the one? Did you pay the two for smothering time? Uh, um, so, uh, so for Phil and Bryant, when it comes to alternate arts and all this extended border and all this other stuff, do you think it's been good or bad in the long run? I think it's been cool to see like the different approaches and design that they've that Wizards has tried to come up with. And I mean it's a lot of it's non-traditional stuff. So some people aren't used to it. They like the old traditional this is the way the border is supposed to look. It's supposed to be within this type of structure and frame and I don't like it. And then a lot of the time it's like, "Well, hey man, there's a there's the regular art. You can always get that one if you like it, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, to me, I, I think it, I think it, it just gives more people more options. So that's usually a good thing, right? Have I liked every single art or border or whatever that's come out? Nah, not really. But I understand like what um, the idea that people have that it's like, you know, some person who never really liked magic or never really got into it or has been interested in it or whatever. They, they never saw a reason to play it, but then they saw this one car. Oh, there's the walking dead set that came out. Or oh, there was I forgot about that. Whatever this, you know, this came out. <laughs> I have a direct connection with that because I like the series or like yeah. the show or whatever. This makes me get into magic now because of it. So then ultimately that's the, that's the big game plan, right? It's to just get more people to buy more paper get more people playing so ultimately i think it's a good thing you know mm -hmm. and and phil uh, i'm guessing you're kind of still in the same boat yeah uh i don't know i because i feel like i don't really consider it good or bad i just think it exists you know, it's it's cool like it's a cool different option if you want to get that you know 
like to to me anyway I, like yeah what do you got? I, I, I was gonna say i guess that uh one thing that i i will add to it is that um you know like uh, talking about strixhaven again having these uh kind of interesting uh different takes on how the art in a card is uh, presented is really nice uh just from like the aesthetic standpoint uh, but also in in more recent sets i think having having them accessible to you in just like the regular pack and not necessarily yeah. have to go out and like a like a premium product uh to to get it is also i i would say is a good thing because like i i know that the secret layers uh some of which have had really great art. Or, oh yeah, the uh, the giants, like I the giants, um, black the frost, yeah frost giants is oh, man. I want to get one, but you know, um, the the Black Lives Matters and like the Kids Day one. Uh, I even want to say the uh, Valentine's Day secret layer was like. I'd say that was like it's weird and maybe not everyone likes it, but I think it's a pretty interesting way to do um art for magic. And it's it's non standard and we're not gonna see it. Um but yeah, like uh Strixhaven, Kaltheim's sort of Norse border, um, and I wanna say what else? Uh oh, uh <sighs> haven't really talked about it the the adventure of the forgotten realms uh alternate art of having that sort of um old 80 90s uh D artwork uh for a lot of these cards is like a i think that's a super sick addition even if not everyone necessarily enjoys it or understands it i i've never like as y'all know i've never played D &D. uh yet and i've and all of the right yeah <laughs> All of the art, on alternate arts or whatever that have come out, I've usually just been kind of like, meh about it at all. I'm like, well, somebody likes it, so that's pretty cool. That's the only alternate art that I said. I was like, yo, that looks awesome. Like, man, that looks so cool how they were able to recreate it to make it look like those old D&D &D manuals, but still, like, yeah, it's a magic card, though. You can play this card. Yeah. Like, seeing... I'm not an old... I'm not an old D&D player. I only started playing uh, tabletop RPGs when I was... I was pretty much an adult. I think it was like 18 or 19 when I started playing. Um, so, 18, 19? Yeah. Like, like this is... <laughs> that was... What the... What? <laughs> what is that? What? <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, but whatever. I'm 27 now. Who cares? But, like... <laughs> But the point being is, is that for like magic itself, like, like I've, uh, I was introduced to magic when I was maybe about seven or eight ish. And, and I kind of vaguely remember cards from back then, but like, I couldn't tell you anything. Uh, I got reintroduced to it when I was 10 years old and I read some of the first magic novels that had existed, uh, from like 1993, 1994. And then I properly started playing, uh, as a teenager and, like, I was still, like, years behind from what most people, like, expected Magic to be. So when I showed up during, like, 2011 playing Innistrad, I'm like, oh, this is sweet. And people are like, oh, you haven't seen shit. Check out this White Border 9th Edition card. And I'm like, ew, that's disgusting. Get that out of here. 
Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, I, I hey. can already see like little specks of dirt all over the white hey. border and stuff. Hey, uh, hey. I will. I will also defend white border cards here. Oh. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look, I need to get... Sometimes I switch. Get out of the box, and I need to get... Sometimes it's kind of cool. So. I wish Peter was here because he'd be like, "Hey, hold on a second. His name is Mono White Border. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> he check out his content, uh, listeners, in case you haven't checked his stuff out yet. But anyway, um, cool dude, cool dude. No, he's super sweet. Super um, yeah. uh, but but when it comes to tabletop like RPG playing, where it's like D and D and Pathfinder, the artwork that people adored when they started in like the eighties and nineties, and I'm like, I don't know." what are you guys talking about? Because, like, the new modules have, like, digital artwork and all this other stuff. So seeing them do a throwback was pretty sweet. And it's it's one I can appreciate, even though I wasn't born <laughs> at the time when it existed. And I missed out on it because, you know, I was a kid. So, you know, it's not... Maybe it's not for you or me, but it's it's there for someone. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and this is not to be confused, like, alternate arts are not to be confused with, like, those very limited printed cards, like the, uh, uh... Secret layer? The, yeah, the secret layer yeah. stuff, because that, that can get really messy, especially... I mean, you know, you print out a card that's supposed to be from a popular series or show or whatever, okay, cool, people enjoy it. If the card is good, <laughs> then that mm-hmm. becomes a problem. You mean, like, Rick? Yeah. Fearless leader or whatever the heck he's is called. he good? I don't know. I never he, really looked at any. So of those he made cards. apparently he made like a mono white humans legacy deck. That's how good he was. Yeah, see, and apparently that's, that's where it becomes face. a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's in some of the really like popular. Uh, I want to say like modern decks right now. I, like I haven't checked like, it. I'm not company and stuff like that. Commander player here. Don't know, but I I don't know either. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying because this is I think that's just they make it not uncommon. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually okay. Hold on a second here. Oh, it's steadfast leader. Hold on. Uh, modern. You might be right. I don't know. This okay. We're we're going off track. Cold, cold, cold rim of knowledge is just <laughs> only in the uncommon commander. It is not any. It does not expand about. It. about. Yeah. We don't talk about guys. Uh, who's Rick? Rare, what are you talking about? Rare legendary. It's all uncommon. Are you talking about Pickle Rick? Heard of the show? No. You know, the guy that's Coral's father. Coral! Coral? <laughs> I never watched the series, and that's the only meme I got out of it, because my brother's name is Carl. <laughs> and that's and that's literally it. But no, just... And yes, Brian, you're technically right. Shut up. <laughs> just... I can talk about... Listen, I called, I called my podcast Uncommon Commander the Unconventional EDH Podcast because I also wanted the window to talk about some pretty odd shit, all right? I, I'll I call you on here. All uncommon. I'll call okay. you on here when we want to talk Silver about Silver icon only. I was uh, told. Oh my like, everything uh, else was You awful. shut up. Or <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel Angelfire. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Commander from back in the original Legend set, which I do have. With a minor white border, by the way. Nice. I gotta. Hell yeah. Oh no, I gotta. Josh, Hell I might yeah, gotta yeah, introduce yeah. you to some people because some people might want to play with you. I don't know. Is oh, the whole God. deck mono white border? 
No, no, no. It's oh. not. It's not like modern white border drive. It's just built around Gabriel Angel Fire because you know I wanted to build around the rampage mechanics. So. Okay. Because um, because I was about to introduce you to some freaking crazy wild people who like yo we're having a mono white border off and I'm like that is terrifying. What? <laughs> you see cars? You're like, what is that? Mono white border. Yeah. I use I I I have paid more money on TCG Player for something that's non mono white border <laughs> specifically to avoid it. <laughs> You save ten dollars. I don't care. Guys, That's the this price is the, I pay. This is the black border versus white border podcast now, and uh, <laughs> featuring your host Josh, Phil, Brian, and myself. <laughs> but uh, just but yeah, sorry, sorry to devolve. No, the it's... <laughs> but but yeah, like it's the last year has been busy for alternate artwork printings and different frames and all this other stuff. I objectively do think. Uh, it makes it cheap and affordable for people to really bling out their decks the way they want to, but at the same time, I really do feel for the LGS owners that have to sell the singles. Um, and I don't know if you guys checked some printings for, like, um, uh, Modern Horizons 2. Apparently, there are two different kinds of printings for etched foils. Wow. And, and I didn't know about that, and I heard about that, and when you have, like, well, granted, there's like 27 Teferis from the core set or something. Like, it's obscene how many different uh, different border and foils and all this other stuff. So, on one hand, pretty cool. On the other hand, as as anyone who's like worked in an LGS and have to work with this, I'm sorry. <laughs> cool. Basically. Um, did that uh, did that My Little Pony and Transformers there come out yet? Uh, and, uh yeah, there was, was the secret. Like... No, wait, 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 wait. The the or was it like a special edition? It was like a holiday promotion or something like that. Uh, yeah. the overboarder. The it was yeah, yeah for both of them. Yeah. One of them was yeah, a gotcha. children's hospital like charity event for the yeah. the My yeah, Little Pony yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the I think it was um, what con was it? It was San Diego Comic Con for the. Stockon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the SCCC was for the Transformers and the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons Silver Border stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. So okay. I want to get my friend the Transformer one because she loves Transformers, but the card is like $200 or something. I don't know. Uh, Alex, you'll probably never hear this, but I love you, but not that much. (laughs) But yeah. Um, What's the next question I was thinking of? So, hey, we got Innistrad coming out. um, Because outside of two of us who have no emotional connection to the Adventure of Forgotten Realms set, um, this set, I think for some people, is exciting for one reason or another. I it was Innistrad was the first set that I started playing in, so I'm pretty excited about going back a third time and hopefully not having to deal with Emrakul, stay in the goddamn moon. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what at least for the Midnight Hunt uh, set that's coming out next month? Uh, what what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, so I'm. I'm looking forward mostly to uh, 
seeing how they they revamped like the the werewolf kind of mechanics because the mm. older ones where you had to wait and see if your opponent like cast a certain amount of spells or if nobody cast any amount of spells to transform them was a little wonky. yeah yeah uh, i actually always avoided those cards so i was like ah that that sounds uh, weird i mean it's and, and i mean as commander players everyone's casting spells so you'll never exactly. flip it yeah Right, so I think that it, I'm I'm most interested to see, yeah, I guess just from like a mechanical standpoint, how they rework werewolves as a tribe because uh, our, uh, werewolves in general are pretty cool, vampires in general are pretty cool, and uh, I would like to see that tribe get some more love uh, in this upcoming set. Yeah, in a way that might be viable for us to uh, finally play in commander. Right, not only using like the standard sets, but also playing commander. Yeah. Oh, although they aren't making werewolf command they aren't making a vampire or werewolf commander deck if i'm correct because i think they're making spirits humans and zombies but i might have to double check that Ooh, they're making sp oh that's pretty cool spirits. hey man spirits um but so yeah uh that's josh's take what do you guys think what are you looking forward to I'm not sure what to expect from the set. I just hope that they do come out with a cool werewolf commander. Werewolf. I know, that's a hard word to say. English <laughs> is hard. I hope they do come out with a cool commander for that's for that tribe, just because people have been asking for it for so long. Uh, it's kind of like, just, just give people what they want, man. It's, it's literally been a decade. I know. It's... And people are just like, just give us something cool. It's a cool tribe. People want to play it. Just give them what they want. Why not? I mean, there's enough vampires out there anyway. They've been bringing vampires forever. Yeah. They're not going to stop. <laughs> uh, uh, Phil, what do you think? I don't know too much about Innistrad. Really? Yeah. Oh, because, like, oh, well, I guess because you guys, you guys got back into Magic a few years ago now. Yeah, so we, I, when I, okay, so I was first really started playing magic when it was like shards of alara and then i fell off and then i had come back when dominaria was coming out i think that's when you and me bright were getting back into it when dominaria yeah had just yeah came when, out. yeah whenever i sold all of my stuff it was i think right in innistrad and i the only thing i remember it was like oh man this artwork is so cool it reminds it's me so, so much sick. of ravnica like it, it gives me a lot of the same feels, so I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do look forward to it too. I think a lot of the artwork will probably be really cool looking. I mean, the initial more of that gothic vibes. The initial handful yeah. of cards have been pretty sweet. Uh, it's got some mm. midsummer vibes. I don't know. If, I, I haven't seen the movie I, Midsummer, but I was about to bring that up. Uh, that I had heard that it had like that kind of midsummer, uh, Wicker Man kind of very flowery yeah like there's definitely cultish. some cultish somebody with a bear suit gets set on fire uh not yet summer <laughs> but summertime sadness uh, <laughs> well we're in that period right now what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know uh, uh i've already seen a handful of things that i think are pretty sweet um there's a super neat uh there's a two mana kill spell that just kills anything, like yeah, any creature. All colors, black. 
Yeah, it's, it's black like and one. one. It's a black. It's infernal grasp. It's uh, a black and one. That's an instant destroy target creature. You lose two life. Huh. That is. Oh, hyper move over Doomblade. Move... <laughs> so, in, so your creature gets infernal grasped. I see. <laughs> yeah, and and now it, it's it's funny because it's it's almost like uh, they're just trying to make up for like it's like oh yeah this is much better than the old common staple that's always been there forever. But you look, you lose life. You know, yeah, it's like that doesn't mean anything man, in magic. Like yeah. okay. I don't know what's... Okay, like, as commander players, like, we're like, I don't know. But if you look at the standard environment, they're losing, I think, Ikoria and um, the the premier set of all time, Eldraine, which is, like, dominated standard. Uh, the, the kind of... Uh, the meme has been everything dies to stomp, which is part of um, the adventure giant. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Thank you. I'm, I'm a magic player. I know what I'm talking two about. Two damage, right? Yeah, it just deals two damage. It can't be prevented. And everything, basically, that was printed in the last few years, it's like, if it has two power, it's just, it's dead. It's not mm. worth playing in standard. Um, Under the foot of a bone crusher giant. Bone crusher giant. Yeah, I just... Uh, the fact that, like, this... Uh, the whole like playing people to play planeswalkers a whole lot in commander and you're like this replaces heroes downfall that's pretty crazy like that's pretty efficient um i don't even know people were playing heroes downfall and i well i play heroes down that one's creature or planeswalker it's creature or planeswalker yeah and it's it's okay i guess a mono black is not bad yeah it's actually pretty good in mono black I think that one's in my Massacre Girl deck, I believe. Yeah, but I think in almost every other color combination, it mm -hmm. there's probably... Uh, well, I mean, once you start... If you well. hit two colors, it's okay. But if you start hitting three, uh, you're like, ah, do I want to pay for the double pip? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so... Um, I, I, I'm I guessing we're going to be seeing another version of Sigarda or perhaps other named angels. Uh, I'm personally hoping, and there's no... No chance in hell it's going to happen. Uh, I want to see Lisa come back because it's like... I was just about to say that, yeah. Mm. Um, and this is and this is just... And, and this is just the werewolf set. Not to even go into um, Crimson Vow, which is where freaking Edgar Markov and f is getting married. <laughs> was it Edgar or was it Soren that's getting married? Oh, sorry. <sighs> I got Edgar on the brain now because we're talking about vampires. Sorry, Soren is is uh is marrying um Candace. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Olivia, right? Yeah, it's Olivia Voldaren. So the the two vampire families are. Whoa, having... really? Yeah. Oh, that... And she. <laughs> I remember at the oh end. Of... I remember at the end of the story. Uh, my wife. Story... <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> hi guys, my name is Ken. No, 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 freaking my god, dude, come on. Um. But yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing what these two Innistrad sets bring, especially since we're going back to back because we haven't really had that since re uh, Return to Return to Ravnica, and we had that three sets in a row. Yo, wow, that's going to be cool! So vampire families, oh man, I can't wait for yeah. that secret layer uh, Twilight to drop. <laughs> yeah. You going to replace like you they're going to replace them? You with, shut like, your fucking oh, mouth! God. I cannot believe that you've. <laughs> I'm banning you from this oh, podcast. Man. I can't believe it. 
So guys, uh, Team Edward or Team Jacob? Oh, for fuck's sakes. I can't... Right? Oh, okay. man, yeah. I never watched Twilight. Here's what I gotta say. I'm Team Jacob because when the dude was freaking acting in those, he was like 15 or 16 years old, and he had all those freaking middle-aged women thirsting after him. And it's like, you dude, Taylor Lautner, get the fuck out. If you were just a... People gave him shit for having a bit of a double chin when he was in an interview a few years ago. Just because that's how fucking human bodies work. Like, eh. Hey, whoa. Like, I don't know. Say, like, people... calm, calm down, Cole. No, calm fuck down. you, dude. I'm, calm we're going to talk calm about down. fucking... Calm down, Cole. No. In the, in the movie, though, isn't... Is, he's like... He's 16. In that like, movie. But in the, like, in the movie, though... He's like supposed Doesn't to. Doesn't be... he like? And the, I was. I was the only reason why I know this is because I was told a couple weeks ago whenever they were talking fucking... about Twilight. Didn't he like mark? Yes. A child. Mm -hmm. And then it's like I'm gonna wait for this child. Yes. I'm gonna groom this child yes. to be my yeah. to be my lover. Hey. And then it's like okay, hey. you're not. Hey. Did you guys not hear about hey. this? Hey. Hey. I have not heard about that. Okay. Before. Hey. Uh, hey. Also to our audience, uh, if you like Twilight, you're fucked up, dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that actually twilight fans have entered the chat yeah. all right yep. so how many people have we pissed off this podcast we're like... gonna get a little bit of everyone yeah on the, in this episode here like i'm never i was, I was thinking about playing magic but fuck this i'm never playing <laughs> magic. <I'm laughs> stupid. if anyone listens to this okay so to the audience for one hand kudos to y'all for sticking around on the yeah. other hand i'm sorry because like this podcast is really not beginner friendly and that's on me dude so I'm really sorry for you guys. Um, there's also a bunch of swearing, and and now we're talking about grooming, and uh, we need to move on um, to the last question I got for you guys. Before <laughs> fucking goddamn it. Um, so we take the last year into account our our experiences as players with each other and as consumers uh, taking uh, the. <laughs> sets we've long forgotten and then some um but as uh deck builders and uh what would you say has been your most favorite deck that you've built in the last year and brian i think i feel like we already know what the answer is oh man that's really hard okay so that, it's not carter yeah. apparently i mean it's up there it's up there carter because so like uh, I've changed pretty much all of my decks to play more, like, with the playstyle that I've developed in the past... Yeah, probably in the past year. Like, Carter is definitely up there. Brian Stourdarm, just because of how... I guess I, I feel like it's gotten so much ridiculously better than it was before. Um... I'm just kind of like quickly sifting through my decks. Yeah, it, it's... same here. I'm just like opening yeah. my box for like, oh, I got? Oh, God. Uh, I already know uh, my answer. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so I, I, it's like it's Carter, Brian, and Taza. Taza. But Taza. Taza Karlov? No, T uh, Taza oh. Orzov Sion. And that's just oh. because it's a nostalgic. That's the OG uh, she, one, right? Yeah, she, she's the OG one. She Like, I bought. Uh, uh, sixty card precon deck or whatever, and it was it it was her. She was like the main one and stuff. And uh, I was like, dude, there's I have so many nostalgia vibes from playing her. But I guess I mean that she's okay. I guess she's kind of out. Uh, sort of. I, I guess Carter. Yeah, yeah, Carter. Because it's I mean it's within the <laughs> the time period that that we kind of all started playing. 
So mm-hmm. Carter, Carter for sure. Especially because I I built Zancha, I guess maybe like two years ago, whenever she first you came played, out. And I, was like, I played oh. against that before, didn't I? I think it yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it was like very politicky and stuff. But you know, with I guess it's it's different whenever you're not playing in person. It becomes a lot more difficult to to try to persuade people without being able to see <laughs> mannerisms <laughs> and just over voice, you yeah. know? Brian, you need to listen to my Carter episode, which came out today. Hey. Um but Oh neat. But yeah, the the change in play and how you're like, I can't just have you reveal your hand or reveal the top of your library because of all these spell effects and it's it's gotten harder to try and play that kind of like i take control of your shit yeah no no for sure yeah yeah and that's kind of reason why i was like well uh i'm gonna just hands 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 off do something go yeah and then whenever i had all these spare cards and then i saw carter come out and i was like well like aristocrats i'm gonna throw that together and then i had this abundance of rakdos cards where i was like oh man i can finally reuse my no mercy that uh, I would feel really bad about not playing, not just because of the value of the card, you know. I was like, no, nah, I gotta play this card, and then I just kind of threw the deck together, and then it's, I I just went through so many iterations of trying to make that deck work, and I feel like it's gone to a pretty good spot, so I'm pretty happy with it. That's that's definitely my favorite deck from pandemic time. Uh, Phil, what do you got? Um, if you're still thinking about it, I guess I would say my Rada deck. The Rada from Corset Twenty One. No, the oh, uh, the Dominaria, Dominaria one, one. Yeah. yeah, Grand Lord Lord Rada. Yeah, I just I just really liked um, just her ability and how, like, you know, if if, if able to get it going and getting those extra combat steps in you know floating however many mana i can get and then just doing other shenanigans with pure value town Mm -hmm. like it was just from the process of building it and playing it it was just nothing nothing but pure excitement for me when i was like when in the process of making it and then playing it as well just giddy all all around it was fun. I liked it a lot. Sick. And I know for you, Phil, um, you've always it. I've gotten the impression that you've gotten really self-conscious about some of your decks. I mean, like the stronger decks, because I know you always mention, oh, these are uh, uh, these are these have been neck decked, you know. Which I don't think any of us really care that no. they're net decked. No. But I can tell that you're a lot more prideful about those decks, the ones that the ones that are more recent, because you're like, I built these. My ideas, I didn't just copy somebody from, you know, whatever major YouTube channels out there mm-hmm. pu- pumping out Commander content. So I could definitely feel that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, what do you, what, now that you've had a bit of time to kind of sort through your collection, what, what deck do you think you've taken a lot of pride in this year? Oh yeah, so definitely I'm going to say that my number one spot is my Cogla the Titanate deck. Uh, yeah! I love this deck so much because this was uh, born out of my love for enchantments, uh, ironically enough. Uh, 
and using a lot of like the enchant lands and humans that uh, untap like uh, you know untap lands and stuff like that, like the various druids that do that. Yeah. And um, with that, just being able to play off of Cogla's ability to bounce humans, make them destructible, um, you know, and then just have them kind of like uh, fight stuff. It was a King a King Kong deck first and foremost, and that's <laughs> that's what it does. It's this is the big monkey Kong Kong yeah. return to monkey. That <laughs> yeah, that 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 deck. I really like that deck too. Cogla's just they the okay. Like I guess if we're gonna go back a little bit even more, like Ikoria as a set. I know some people have issues with mutate and some people have issues with companion, but in terms of like sheer flavor and sort of like homages and references, like Godzilla and all this other stuff, like oh yeah, Kogla is just amazing the artwork is great he's on top of a of a crystal tower holding someone uh utilizing humans as sort of like the the this weird tribal synergy between non-humans and humans like and, and you and yeah your kogla deck is just like yeah aces. And it's apes together strong that's what it is <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and i do have to say i know you mentioned enchantment you guys, we gotta do better about enchantment removal <laughs> okay. in our deck. All right, okay, okay, because okay. We okay. don't. Do, we, okay, I, I hold run on. So no, no, listen. Because I know no one's gonna remove it. No, no. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Okay. And I include zero <laughs> enchantment listen, removal in my okay. decks. Okay, all right. Listen, Bryant, you've you've been out of the game a little bit. I would like to open your eyes to a new mana rock. Which one's the? What? When did it come out? Uh, it came out in Modern Horizons two. It's called Liquid Metal Torque. Oh, oh Torque, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. That. So, yeah. <laughs> this is Red's answer of dealing with the chance. <laughs> I can't, I no, I, can't how do I get rid of this does. fucking? Make it an artifact. We're good, baby. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah obviously yeah, yeah. it's not. It's 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 one answer. But if if we want if we want to have. If we want to have more enchant removal, we just have to make it an artifact. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I like the idea there. It's like, all right, guys, we, we don't know how to get rid of this, like, mystical arcane thing, so we're just going to coat it in metal, and then we know how to get <laughs> rid of it. And then we can deal with it. We'll melt it. Um, so that that is my <laughs> that's my answer. Um, and, okay, so I guess if I really had to think about it, because uh, I've made quite a few decks in the last year, I've always kind of trickled around 30 decks and I've broken apart decks and put a bunch together. I would definitely say my Quintorius Field Historian deck is my pride and joy this year. I can tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone can tell. I've had people be like, yeah. you're the Quintorius guy. I'm like, oh no, I'm already having that reputation. Um, yeah, I think every time I've caught Philip's stream, it's yeah. always Quintorius. <laughs> just about every time. <laughs> Listen, man. It's a. <laughs> and, it's and all I have. Okay. <laughs> I have thirty decks, but it's my deck, dude. I I don't know. Like, um, I've. Oh man, if I had to think about the decks that I built this year, it's Carter Doom Scourge, Hamza. Uh, what is that? Arshin something. Uh, I made Agar, the Freezing Flame. Hey. Agar was a pretty cool one that you made. A um, yeah, oh. I like that one. Yeah, I you okay. get one more in the future. I guess I it's the second. Giants, I guess so it's the second. Cool. I don't know. Carter, Agar, and and say Quatorius being like the top. Like those three are probably my favorite decks. Like I don't know. I've had a lot of like ah man. Like they've all been so Captain fun. Captain Vance Storm. Okay, I 
Son of a god damn it. <laughs> All right, guys, in case you can tell. It was the intro episode. How do forget? I don't forget. I've been playing it a lot recently. It's just like, fuck, you're right. I just I have so many decks that I've made in the last. Oh, I got so much. I got so many decks, guys. I just don't know. Brian, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Out of my I have, pro- I have a problem. Okay? I just. Listen. Look, I... I'm, I'm right there with you, man. All right? That's why I was flipping through all my decks, too, because of my. What the fuck? Which is it? Through. Like, objectively, Quintorius is the best one, but if I think about the decks that I've I've been playing back to back to back, like, the last few weeks alone, like, Quintorius is at the apex but then i think about it i'm like well the, yeah like captain ripley captain ripley vance is so fun and i think i've won once with it and that was a three-player game sorry phil um i think it was against you that's probably uh <laughs> he's like i forgot about it i didn't want to think about it um but the fact that it was like the only uncommon legend for modern horizons 2 and i'm like well okay i have to do it and then I'm like, I guess I'm making a podcast now. Um, but yeah, just like Red's gotten a lot of tools. So being able to play Quintorius and sure, I had options of like Hoffrey and uh, what was the commander? What was the commander deck for Lorehold? It was um, uh, the artifact one. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, oh no, how can I forget? <laughs> He's in my deck. Uh, Oscar. Oscar. Oscar, yeah, yeah. Like, I had options. Oh, I had... Oscar. Oscar. Um, but, uh, I, I took, I sat down and I'm like, yeah, but, like, I could play this elephant dude who had, like, a pretty neat heart, like, heartwarming short story, and he had a pretty cool little ability, and it's just, it just, it felt like the right choice in the grand scheme of things, and it felt, like, fun to make the deck and yeah okay i have to hit five five mana and i have to do this and that but like when i really get the deck working it feels really fun real rewarding and i get to play a lot of old cards that i haven't even thought about for like five ten years so been a lot of fun and yes i get to play quintorius a lot so everyone knows (laughs) um but hey, we're hitting the two-hour mark. Uh, I would definitely say I think that's that's uh, an episode in itself. Uh, guys, thanks for thanks for hanging out and doing this episode with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, man, this was yeah. fun. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, I know Phil is the big streamer guy. Um, Phil, where can people find your content? Uh, you can find me on Twitch. Uh, that is twitch.tv forward slash junehawk j-u-n-e-h-a-w-k uh, or you can find me on instagram junehawk j-u-n-e-h-a-w-k and i don't suppose uh, the rest of you guys have anything to plug uh, uh, you can find me at home <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> you can find bryant at twitch.tv forward slash junehawk. There you go. <laughs> That's my plug. Uh, uh, yeah, if you guys, uh, you know, current schedules notwithstanding of their obligations uh, and not counting this current Sunday, which will be August the 8th, and 
this will episode will come out a week after, so that'll be too late. Um, but hopefully, uh, this August We're from the, the future, from the future, from the yeah. Um, but uh, I do believe on the fifteenth, uh, that is August the fifteenth on Sunday, uh, at seven p.m. Pacific and nine p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, yes. You'll be you should be able to see some of us play Commander. Um, that's usually where we end up. Uh, and fingers crossed, eventually everyone's schedules and obligations clear up. Maybe we can get it, all four of us can get a game in. Uh, no promises. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone, thanks for listening to this absurdly long podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you on the next episode.